Just Fury. Not Nicholas. Not Nick. Just Fury. For years, you've been avoiding Earth. But I have called for your help plenty of other times, and you've been pretty content to let those calls go straight to voicemail. Yeah, well, this is different. Nick Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D. How much do you know about your security detail? What do you mean, how much do I know about him? Just Call Me Fury, Secret Invasion Classified. Fury, we gotta be very careful now. shape for this fight that lies before us. This is just the beginning. This is my war. Alone. And I'm the last person standing between them and what they really want. And what is that? Welcome to the latest episode of Just Call Me Fury, Secret Invasion Classified, our Marvel cast, Earth's Mightiest Podcast, spin-off podcast, no less. I am your host, David Zenden, and with me, your friend of mine, your, your Talos to my fury, no, I'll take this current Fury. I mean, yeah, maybe White, but uh, our original Fury used to be Hasselhoff, so I'm like, yeah. But no, your friend of mine, all the way on in uh, Dagobah or wonderful Florida, whatever you want to call it, Kyle Wagner. Kyle, how's it going, pal? Give me one sec. <sighs> okay. I am shot full of extremists, and I am feeling good. Oh, God. I... Uh... Is it warm in here? Is it warm in here, or is it just me? Okay. Before we get into it, I'm just going to say I did not need to think of think of Iron Man 3 ever again. Well, I, apparently, well you are, because they're uh, definitely, as we've seen in these two episodes we're going to cover, Extremis is definitely a very big part of what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also think there's a very important uh, exchange of dialogue be- between Fury and Talos that um, we'll, we'll talk about when we get to it, but I especially want your take on this, Kyle. I think that that exchange of dialogue kind of negates the whole idea of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, I mean, they've been the, trying to negate that anyway. So. Well, but the way everybody knew it on ABC... You know, mm-hmm. but yeah. we'll get into that when we get there. All that right. So, so again, we are talking episodes three and four of Secret Invasion, streaming exclusively on Disney Plus. Um, 
Kyle, what were these two called? We had Betrayed and Beloved. Ah, yes. Betrayed and Beloved. So, please, Kyle, you're, you are so graciously the guest host filling in for Mark Herleman, or no, not our original scroll, but our original gauntlet wielder. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that much for sure. So please, Kyle, by all means, take it away. So with episode three betrayed, this this I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you. This this episode got all kinds of mixed feelings for me on this, Mister Sendit. How so? Because on one hand, this was an episode that when I first watched it, I was probably checked out about halfway through it. It was just, it was slow place pacing. It was, it was just not, it was not pulling me in. And I'm like, okay, we're at that point in where we're at, usually at a Marvel series. But episode three is usually when s- some things really start to happen. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to just say it. We're, was, is it safe to say you were scrolling on your phone? Oh, so some, something like that. Yeah. Oh, yes, and I meant to say it that way. However, here's what I'm going to say about episode three. Okay. It was in a the rewatch of it, because I, re, I tried my best to get a rewatch in, even though my schedule's a little bit crazy. Right. I don't exactly ballroom dance with free time, but yes. Yeah. Um, while this episode still is got a lot of rough edges, and it's not the best of episodes... There are a lot of little Easter eggs in this episode that if you blink, you miss them. Ah, yeah. And here's what I feel about that with with this particular episode and with this series. Is that so far, Secret Invasion, I feel like, at least through episode three, and we'll talk about episode four, but through episode three can't decide if it's writing for the comic fans or if it's writing for the MCU fans. It's kind of got this weird like identity crisis going on. Can I can I just add something to that? Sure. Since you brought that up, I think it's pretty clear it's the first one because or uh no, not the first one. It's the second one writing for the MCU fans. Because if it was running for the comic fans, this be a lot better. This be a hell of a lot better show than it is. Well, here, here, here's here's the issue, and this and this isn't in, in defense. But you and, you and I know that's true, though. Well, but but the issue is they can't write the comic story. They, they don't have the characters. They don't establish. They you know. But... Well, true, and also the comic story the way it is. Right, mm-hmm. deserves a far bigger canvas than one a dinky show on Disney Plus, and two deserves much better than no kids not forty three minutes. It's more like you know uh, less than forty. Yeah. So when you, when you you know really really when you add that previously on, and the AI generated. Intro, which, by the way, is just crap. So, again, with this episode, 
and, and to continue my thought though on on the writing of it and where it's kind of got this identity crisis going on with it. Right. The other aspect of it is this show is being written for the hardcore MCU fan, the one who's watches every single thing, is paying attention, keeping notes, all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, it's being written. It's being written for the guy who has the big, um, you know, Iron Man foam finger in the front of the theater, going yay! But and and I'm going to say right now, there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. No, there isn't. I mean, unless you really break it down and and realize that you know. Uh, Feige's got a bit of a cult going, but sure. Well, I'm, I'm throwing that that, that aside. I, <laughs> no, no, that, I know that's my thing. Okay, yeah, I, 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 I know that, your that, stance there. Yeah, yeah, that that aside, what I'm saying though here is that, and I think this has been kind of an up and down problem throughout since Endgame ended. Yeah, there, Marvel has gotten away from writing stories that can appeal to the average fan. And what I mean by that is the average fan who maybe doesn't watch every single thing, right? but they're at least going to dip their toe into it to see if they like it. Mm -hmm. And I think the problem with Secret Invasion is it's so deep in the MCU waters that somebody who sticks their toe in and can't feel the bottom is going, yeah, this probably is not going to be for me. Uh, Right. They might be pulled in and drowned. So, and well, because there's a lot going on here and a lot of tie-ins to some MCU history and things like that. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of it, you've got, you got the wonderfulness that is Samuel Jackson, the wonderfulness of Ben Mendelsohn, who is stealing this series. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the actor who's playing Gravik has been very good. But then you flip it over. Amelia Clark, what are... There's times I ask, why is she even in this series? Her her character has been complete, through episode three, has been completely underdeveloped. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I mean, granted, it's not quite, you know, um, I'm going to go for it, HBO or Max, ugh. Is not quite Game of Thrones season eight underdeveloped. Well, but no, but, um, but I'm, again, I'm basing this off uh, this discussion through episode three. Yeah, no, I know, I, I see, I see where we're going with that. Um, but, it is great to see her though. Pop no, up yeah, it's always great. it's always great to see her on my screen. I love Amelia Clark, but who won it? I mean, but, but it, I, lo- but I loved her in Terminator Jenny Smith or whatever the hell that movie was. But that's most of my frustration. I love Amelia Clark and she deserves better than what she's getting right now in this series. Yeah, she does. She does. I, gee, I only there was a movie in 2018 that I said that about. But all in all, this, like I said, this third episode for me was the episode. Not a lot happened, but a lot happened. If, if that makes sense. It's yeah, just, no, it does. It does. You just, but the problem is, is that if you're not completely locked in, you don't realize that a lot happened. And you right. can't, that's not a good way to write a show. No, it's not. And honestly, overall, that's not a good position for the MCU to be in right now. 
No, it's it's not. You, you, the, the biggest comparison I can make to this episode, to me, it felt like an episode of Lost when Lost was off the rails because they were they couldn't make up their mind of what they were writing. Oh, you are you? Do you mean the phase of Lost when they would have a smoky dragon in the in a dark corner in the cave? Yeah, I'm not going to explain not, anything not, else. Not, not season one of Lost, but, you know, as you get, like, about season... No, one, I'm talking more five. when you got into, like, three, four, five, yeah, stuff exactly. like that. Yeah. And that's that's where the frustration lies. Now, like I said, there's some great moments in this in this third episode. I love I love everything between Nick Fury and Talos. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's a standout thing. The little picky... I, I love even the short conversation he has with Olivia Col- Coleman's uh, Sonya Fallsworth. And what's so great about that is, is because Olivia Coleman can stand right up, stand toe to toe with Samuel Jackson. Yep, yep. I I think she's the new um, uh, replacement um, uh, for. Um, well, I'll talk more about it when we get into episode four. But I think she's the new uh, replacement to go toe to toe with Fury. But I, I think, too, the other thing with this show yeah. is, and, and, and I, I think you'll understand what I'm saying here. Have you always heard Have you always heard of the, the saying, one person's playing chess and the other person's playing checkers? Yeah, I think Hollywood's doing that right now. So here, here's the thing with this show. I think you have all the characters playing chess... And they're thinking so far too many moves ahead that they're not that the way it's coming across on the screen is they're not in the moment that they're in. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying there? Yeah, that or, makes perfect sense. Yeah. And and that's how it feels like it's kind of coming across a little bit here is like you feel like there's there's story being told but there's they're already even the characters themselves are thinking five steps ahead of what's coming next instead of being in the moment. Mm-hmm. But, but with that too, there's a lot of there's a lot there's, just, there's a lot of intrigue in this episode. Everything with Fury and his wife. There is. I will point out the the scene early on with um, Talos and Gravik. Oh, that that the, I, all the credit in the world to the actor who played Gravik in that the, scene. The writing in this. I mean, if if anything else, when this thing wraps up, and we got. Believe it or not, blink if you miss it. We got, you know, two more uh, to do. But all the writing in here has been on point, on fire, well-delivered, well-crafted. And as this conversation between Gravig and Talos highlights, really, really strangely topical. Yeah, no, I, I... I agree. I think it reflects a lot of things that are actually happening in our world right now. Yeah. By the way, did you, when um, uh, Gravik taunts Talos and, uh, 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 you know, uh, says uh, something where it's threatening Gaia? Oh, and, and the words, you will keep my daughter's name out of your mouth? Yeah. Did you, uh, seriously, did you think... Did any part of your brain go back to a certain year of the Oscars? Oh, oh, it, oh it definitely did. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm saying. It, yeah. uh, I'm just like, oh, God, here we are. Here yeah. we go. 
I'm surprised Talos didn't just smack him. Well, you know, as soon as he saw that everybody around him was a scroll. Well, he he was about to. He was going for it. And and, and I, I I find this amazing because this is a Disney Plus show. Yeah, I do too. Is the fact that when he stabs himself for the hand and he just pulls his hand through the knife and they actually show it. Mm-hmm. Even though there's no blood, it's or just a little drop of blood in the extremis is revealed at that well, point. Well, which... I think that's not as big of a surprise. It's a little bit of one. Mm-hmm. The biggest was, and we had talked about this when we were talking episode two, Promises, was when Olivia Coleman just went for it and cut the scroll's uh, finger off. I'm like, damn, did that just happen? Yeah, there, there's that too, so... Because yeah, they didn't, they didn't, you know, go for the go for the close up zoom and then pan to his face. They went for it. But you know, how, thing, you yeah. know how most things would just go for the face and the reaction shot, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, no. they just went for it. I'm like, god damn it! But I, I think the other the other interesting things in this were obviously all the. Uh, gravic tallow stuff was the top top thing for me in this episode. Oh, the I gravic mean, the gravic tallow stuff, yeah. Yeah. I think there was some there was some interesting stuff with Olivia Coleman, but it was just more fun moments. Yeah. But the, again, I think the other part of this episode that I was intrigued by was under learning more about the relationship between Fury and his wife. Yeah. I, uh, uh, again, I'm not quite sure how I feel about. That whole thing, um, I I guess the fact that you know his wife uh, is a scroll, right? Yeah, but it, it just... kind it no 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 my my feeling here is it kind of makes Fury a bit of a double hypocrite, I guess. Uh, yes and no, because, I mean, he, he wanted for there to be scrolls and humans together, and he just became so disenchanted with how humanity is. Well, yeah. I think but, we can agree more than, more than, in more ways than one with that sentiment. But I, I, I find it interesting because there's another aspect to this that I think is kind of playing out, very underscored playing out. Which is the aspect of the relationship between Fury, his wife, and Gravik. Yeah, now, that's true. No, hear me out. Because if we go back to the flashback from episode two, when she mm. introduces Gravik to Fury. Right, yeah. I almost don't wonder, and I, 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 I see it within some of the body language and how Gravik is towards Fury and uh-huh. some of the looks he shoots. If there's kind of not like angry at mom and dad oh are you thinking like a surrogate son because that was the vibe i'm getting how uh how like episode six could play out yeah is that gravic almost sees fury and his wife as surrogate parents in a way oh geez not not that they necessarily raised him i have i have a feeling that if if we have that thought now i have i think i know how the next two episodes are gonna play out and i'm very concerned 
And it, it would explain his incredible anger at Fury. It would. It would. I think it would be a very lazy way to do it, but it would. But I think I think it's... But what I give him credit for is they're keeping it understated, at least to this point. Yeah. I think number four... I, uh, well, I think episode four kind of uh, highlights that a lot more, particularly yeah. with the last shot, literally, yeah. between Gravic and Fury. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll get to that in episode four, but yeah. yeah. I, I think, I, I still like the way how they're not just putting it out there, though. They're building it. Right, I mean, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 they're building a, it through subtle. For a six-episode series, they're certainly... Um, slow cooking it like uh you know most shows would say an agents of shield which took which obviously how many episodes did did agents of shield have it was 20 like 120 something i think it was like 120 no it was like 22 episodes well a season yeah but it, considering all the seasons it had well okay fine yeah, but if you look at one isolated season, what I'm saying is Secret Invasion in six episodes is treating it slow burn the way Agents of Shield was slow burn in 22. Mm. Well, that, does that make sense? Yeah, a little bit, and I'm going to go into that in a little bit here when we get to episode four because I have a thought about that as well. Well, yeah, and, and there's one other thing I want to talk about with. Um, you know, uh, I the, I was talking about earlier at the top of the show, but with a certain line of a dialogue exchange between uh, Fury and and Talos that I think negates Agents of Shield a little bit, or at least you know the way people knew it on ABC and sort of you know sets the the um, foundation for. Okay, how are we going to see, eventually see, hopefully see, eh, um, you know, Feige and company kind of build their own version of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Well, I got a thought there when we get to episode four, too, because there's a lot of stuff. Well, but that bit is in here. That's not in four. That bit is in here. Yeah. Well, I I, I think, though, too, David, the, the, the other thing... So that okay. So here's an interesting. I know where your point with that is basically this: that Talos, Talos, and the and the scrolls that were on Fury's side are kind of taking credit for his rise through the Shield ranks. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like that whole uh, dialogue back and forth, mm-hmm. right? The we got this trend that you know Fury was talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. By the way, his whole reacting to that. Mm-hmm. Didn't his reaction feel like anything you would have seen from him when he was acting in Jackie Brown and and uh, Pulp Fiction? Oh, a little bit, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think you started think you started to see a little bit, just a just a sliver of the the Samuel Jackson from the uh, Jackie Brown days pop through. Yeah. So the the other interesting things with within this episode, obviously, you have the whole subterfuge of them trying to blow up the UN plane and getting on the sub and everything like that. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But one of the keys... Going to see Bob. Yeah, but when we... Which, by the way, for a a scroll, 
Uh, it seems like a non-creative name to have the name Bob. Well, but he was it was who he was impersonating. So. Yeah. Okay. Fine. But here, but but here's the interesting thing in this. And this is where some more Easter eggs pop up. Okay. Obviously, there's the whole thing where my my friends don't call me Nick, which then kind of is more of a tip off because Rhodey calls him Nick in episode two. Right. So then you're the, the, so you put the puzzle pieces there. Oh, okay. The other thing that well, that... let's not forget it also goes back to, uh, and this is why Captain I was Marvel. talking about with episode one, where it's kind of re- the whole series is kind of retextualizing uh, Captain Marvel and its importance, and oh, yeah. uh, the whole exchange between Fury and and Carol uh, in the nobody calls me Nick. Yeah. So. Or they well, don't call me Nicholas or whatever yeah, that was. Yeah, nobody calls me Nick. They call yeah. me Fury. Hence the name of the show. Yeah. So what? So you have you have that. The other thing that I find very interesting is they made a point when Kalo shoots the scroll that's impersonating Bob Fairbanks. Yeah. Notice where he shoots him and where it kills instantly. He shoots him on the he shoots him on the um, right hand side. Okay. What? And he dies instantly. So, that leads into the end of the episode, and I'm going to say this right now, th- this is where the writing just ticked me off. Because there was no way they were killing off Amelia Clark's character at that point. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the- when you also consider, if you go back to all the trailers and promos we saw mm-hmm. before... Yeah, there were shots we saw of Amelia Clark in the in the promo stuff that we haven't even seen in the series yeah. yet. Yeah, exactly. But if you look, and this is before episode four, but particularly, even I... I believe there was a shot of her and uh, Priscilla. I think yeah. I think that's somewhere in either five or six at this point. Yeah. But here's here's the thing: she gets shot on the opposite side. Oh, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, obviously, there's some other th- factors that we'll, we'll get to here in just a few minutes when we start talking mm-hmm. about episode four. Yep. But when it comes to Betrayed in this episode, this is very much a bridge episode for the series. It is, yeah. These, these whole three and four feel like a bridge. When well, I hate four, to say that. Four a little bit. I think four, okay, four a little bit more. But, Kyle, there's been other Marvel shows that have popped a lot more by the time you got to episode four, and they weren't considered a bridge. Right. No, I, I don't. I, four, I'm not considering necessarily a bridge. Um, but three is definitely a bridge. And like I said, on one hand, here's the thing with this. And this is what you have to remember, because it is, at the end of the day, this is a spy show. Well, and yeah, pl- now, yeah, of course. Yeah. And what they're doing and what I think they're doing, and I think they're having a little fun in the way they're writing this <laughs> Clearly. For, them, for them, they're really writing it like you have to be the spy and catch the hints as well. Right. And I think that's fun to do with certain aspects of it, but they're doing it with every aspect of the show. Yeah, no, they are. And I, th- and, and I, I just think that's that when you have 
somebody as charismatic as Samuel Jackson, yes, you can play up some secrets, but you need to let him, you need to let Mr. Jackson breathe a little bit here, too. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. I'm glad you brought that up, because the problem is that the series, or the bite-sized morsel snack, I mean, come on, six episodes, please, that's... Uh, I, I've already made my feelings clear on that. But the problem is, is that when you're doing that every every week, mm-hmm. yeah, most spy things don't do that. They let their characters breathe more. Like what you were saying with, with Sam Jackson. They're not really letting anyone do that, to be honest. Well... But I, with that in mind, that I'm going to say that brings us to episode four mm-hmm. because episode four started pressing down on the gas pedal. It did, yeah. Everything with Rhodey and Fury's wife at the beginning, and well, the whole. And I'll, oh, wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's also call a spade a spade. The. <laughs> They start episode four in a way, in, in the kind of way that makes me go, yeah, but what about, uh, couldn't you have figured out something that, that, you know, brought back a, uh, a character that you basically had there from the beginning that wasn't around for just two goddamn episodes, but she was around for the whole thing? Couldn't well, you have done that? Well... We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that. I, I'm still not convinced here on certain things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I look. I love Amelia Clark, and and I'm and I'm I'm torn because I'm I'm happy to see her. Okay, but at the same time, she's not exactly one of those characters in the MCU that was there since 2012, and you had so much promise with her. That you basically brought her back for this and pulled the dumbest thing you could possibly do. Well, so okay, I, I get it, but okay, so okay, let, let, I, I'm mad. I'm mad. Yeah, I know you're mad. Right, I'm, I know I'm, you're mad, mad. I know you've been mad since it happened in episode one. I've had to go hang out at the mall with, with the ghost of Robin Sparkles just to feel better. But, okay, so so let's talk about the the, the kickoff of episode four with. Obviously, Gaia living, we see that she had injected herself with the extremis as well, so she survives right. that. Right. As Pastor Deadpool would say, it is what? What? Yeah. And, what? And all, all, I'm going to say, all I'm going to say is, yeah, that's that's some weak writing right there. And it, it's not weak writing in the aspect of, okay, here's an idea. It's just weak writing because there we knew there was no there was no peril for Amelia Clark's character to be killed off. Right. It's a it is as Pastor Deadpool would say, it's lazy writing. Yeah. So there's that. That's a little bit of a rough start for me right there. Ugh. But this episode turns really quickly because I love the conversation slash confrontation between Fury's wife and Scroll Rody. Or as I like to call him Scrody. Yeah, well, so we get confirmation which, well, of something we have, most everybody had already figured out by the end of last week's episode, 
mm-hmm. is that roadie is indefinitely this this roadie is a scroll. I think we I think we figured that out when we when we heard him on the goddamn phone. Yeah. Well, there's that. But I mean, you come know, on. Scroll, come scrolls on, can MCU. change their voice. Do you think we're stupid? Yeah, but scrolls can change their voice. But I mean, more well, yeah. So yeah. find out. Scrolls can change their voice, but a digital-looking Harrison Ford to look 34. Yeah, he has the same Harrison voice of today. Yeah, really convincing. Well, not that. Neither here nor there, but I love that whole scene because there was a sense you could tell with Fury's wife that I think she real there was in, in that conversation she realized that she was when he she's asked to kill him and she's like he's old he's broken we don't need to do that in that moment you can see she's kind of realizing that her anger for Fury and for joining Grep. Gravik, obviously because of her relationship with Gravik, but also her her just emotions and hurt from Fury is what was driving her. Yeah, and and that, but her caring for Fury and her love for Fury is is more important. Mm-hmm. And I, but I think it's a great scene, which leads, of course, to the great scene between the two of them in their household, and and one of the greatest lines of all time after they shoot right beside each other. Well, I don't know if this means we should file for divorce or seek counseling. <laughs> We're paraphrasing a little bit there, but that was a that whole scene was great. That was a greatly acted scene. It was greatly it was intense, and it was just so well done. No, Compared, it, was, it was renew our vows or file for divorce. Yeah, renew our vows and file for divorce. Yeah, so that was a great scene between them, and it carried a lot of emotion. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the flip, on the flip side of that, though. I mean, I, I think it would have been better, and you would have started to see more of the old Nick, because I think this series is running dangerously close to the. You didn't get to the old Nick until about the very end. No, okay. we're gonna get to that. We're gonna so get, get th- to that. No, 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 no. Hold on. I think it would have been better uh, had Nick um, actually come to terms with and shot her. Well, okay, no, let's let's rewind a little bit here. Okay. Okay. First of all, we are starting to see the old Nick because here that he, he he's figured out. He, it's obvious he's already figured out what's going on. Had a bug on her to listen to the whole conversation with Squirrel Squirrel, Squirrel Rody. Right. So that's some old Nick shit right there. And then, yeah, but but dude, dude, you could have had that scene. What I'm saying is that that scene, mm-hmm. right? As great as the comedic line from Sam is that played out, that scene would have been more cemented to, you know, you have the old OG Avengers Fury back instead of this. You know, you're you're hesitant. You're still sort of running around the bases. Yeah, but I, I, I truly don't believe the, even the original Avengers Fury would have killed him. Mm, he, in that moment. He would have done a lot more than just this Fury. Well, I, I don't know, because it's also showing growth in the Fury character, but, but I, I think it this is going to play out later on in the series, too. Yeah, but... yeah probably. I mean, it... It's a little hard because uh, if the next two are as short as these two, oh, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're, this, this is whoop. 
I'm gonna rant about that later, but yeah, we'll, we'll have let's table that for the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All I'm saying that. though, all I'm saying though, all right, is if the next two are as short as these two, then this doesn't think... pay off well very much at all. I don't think they will be, but we'll we'll get into that here in a minute. Right. Yeah, I'm just making a point. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Um, here, here, here's the here's the other thing though when i'm talking about the emotional moments in this episode yeah as much as the moment between fury and his wife got to me yeah the conversation between gaia and talos just felt flat to me yeah yeah mainly mainly um mainly the writing wasn't exactly on fire you know uh, like it was in when let's look at the let's look at the things that have been okay mm-hmm. there was the the bar scene with uh fury and maria mm. and the shocking did they get away with that joke on a disney plus program right yep there was that there was the train sequence between fury and talos right there was the conversation between um, Fury and Rhodey, or Scrody, as I call him. Um, so there was all, there were, what was that? There was, that was, what, three examples? Yeah. Oh, wait, and of course, the fourth example, there was the Talos and Gravik. Yeah. Right? Now, but, but, but. Okay, so and I, I credit that one even more because it gave a better version of the keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth. Yep. But 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 here here here's the other thing. So we we had that Talos Gaia moment, but you want to talk about another great conversation? Sure. Fury Fury paying Rhodey quote unquote a visit. That whole scene was freaking phenomenal. Oh, and the the. The tracker liquid drink. Yeah. I, I, you want to talk about getting Fury getting his groove back? It's if nothing else, it started there. Well, you you started to see more of it than you did in the in the um uh the the you know Fury of uh, uh, uh Fury and his wife's confrontation. Well, I understand that, but I'm talking about if you're if you're looking for old old school back no, on. No, 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 I agree, I agree. That's definitely more Fury getting his group back, but that's also it, it's a little it's a little difficult to call that Fury because you're like, is that Fury or is that Sam? Well, it, I, I'm I'm going with Fury. Um, we're not quite back to full Fury until he gets rid of the damn. I, I work on the docks look. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He he does look like a bit of a dock worker, doesn't he? Yeah. But it was it was a start, and then we get into the whole aspect of the president and the move by the move to kidnap the president. And now let me ask you something, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I look, we all know who's taking over for Ross. All right. Uh, this young kid by the name of Harrison Ford. Maybe you've heard of him. Mm-hmm. But 
yeah, look, I, I don't see a, a, a guy like that showing up in any form of this. I think that's going to be tabled for oh, that, uh, Captain America yeah. Brave New World. Ex exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, because, well, we'll, we'll, come we'll, on, I'll, come on. I wonder how many arms and teeth Marvel had to pull to get Harrison Ford. Well, I, I think Harrison Ford's kind of in this, hey, I like working again thing, so he's taking advantage of offers. Well, yeah, yeah, but, but still, I'm, Kyle, I think my reservation uh, mainly comes from the fact that, you know, look, am I excited? Yes, marginally, but it's kept in check. Mainly because outside of Indy, which I gave a rare exception to, right? Mm -hmm. I've not necessarily been feeling Old Man Ford since I think the last movie I did was Air Force One. Some of his stuff he's done recently that's been like the, he did the Yellowstone show, which he was really good in. He did that I, Apple TV uh, Apple TV Plus comedy that was at, he was actually quite fun in as well. So he, he he's loosened up a little bit and he's having some fun again. Okay, all right. So, so maybe I'll check out those two. But yeah, but so anyway, I want to get back though because there's a great I love I love this scene because it came out of the blue and that what's made it so good is when uh, President Ritson looks over at Rhodey and says, basically tells him he smells like, like a brewery. <laughs> yeah. From the drinking with fury. And I just, I love that. I mean, he's just calling him out right there. And I was just like, you can kind of even see the look and the way um, Don Cheadle plays it. And you see the look on his face like, what? what are you talking about here? And just how he's quoting the lines and everything like that. That was just a fun little moment that they put in there. Nah. And I, it kind and I kind of ego checked the scroll there a, a little bit, but then we get into the whole attempt to kidnap the president. And there, there's two things I'm going to say about this. First of all, worst Secret Service ever. Yeah, that's true. The I mean, they leave him hanging in that car for minutes on end. Right. When, um, and I'll tell you, the Secret Service. And this is going to sound controversial, but who cares? The Secret Service and Iron Man 3 did a, be a far better attempt than the Secret Service here in this episode. I mean, thankfully, I think it was the, the reinforcements that showed up were probably a little bit provided by a certain uh, false words. Yeah, probably. I mean, I mean, to be fair, they all, they both failed, whether it's in Iron Man 3 or this. Yeah. But but the ones in Iron Man three did a far better job than the ones here. Let's let's call it spade a spade. But, but I'm going to say this too. Yeah. The other thing with that whole sequence, that is the best action sequence Furious had since Winter Soldier. It is. Yeah. And I was pulling some serious Winter Soldier fury, especially the scene where they're. They're chasing him down, and he's in the S.H.I.E.L.D. SUV. Mm -hmm. I was getting a lot of that kind of Fury vibe from that this whole scene, and I was very, very happy for it. I, I, I got to tell you, though, I still am in favor of the um, 
the um the the um uh, scene in uh in Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, no, I'm uh, now that scene is one of the all-time greats. All I'm saying is Yeah, this, yeah, I, yeah. I was getting the vibe of that scene here. I'm not saying it was on par with that scene, but it was giving me a little bit of that vibe. Well, that's where I was getting more old old Nick Fury. Not the so much confrontation with his wife. Not the so much uh, conversation with Rhodey and drugging him with a tracker, right? Mm-hmm. Or getting his group back, whatever you want to call it. But here, I was... This whole bit, to me was more, you know, old school fury than anything this series was doing. Yeah. And what what's so great about this too is of course we get also get the re- reveal that uh you know, we got uh get our our main bad guy here. He's he's enhanced himself with more than extremists cuz I I he apparently he's got a little I am Groot in him as well now. Yeah, I, let me ask you something. Did they dig that up from a certain Wakanda battle? I'm guessing probably, yeah. Yeah. But what I what I give them credit for, what I loved about the effect... I, I was, mean, let, let's go down the rundown a bit, all right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because um, uh, what was on that screen? It was uh, Groot? It was Groot. It was... Um, Cole Obsidian. Cole Obsidian. And it then the Frost Beast. The Frost Beast and the And Extremis. then on the other screen was the ty- was the soldier from Iron Man 3 that had Extremis. Right, right, right. Okay, so uh, Iron Man 3, we already called out. That's That one's obvious, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, Groot is obviously that battle in Wakanda. Yep. That was in Infinity War. Uh, Cole Obsidian is obviously when uh, when Juan does the portal thing and the, the yeah thing and cuts off his hand cuts off his hand yeah. and uh, Tony's little Juan you're invited to the wedding and mm-hmm. then shoots off right yeah so that was that mm-hmm. and then the Frost Beast From, was that... and I and and Kyle let me be frustrated about this I that they pulled from this that god awful post credit scene where by the way it wasn't even Natalie it was essentially you know uh, him uh, Chris making out with his wife understandable mm-hmm. but you know because they showed her from the back of the head so Natalie didn't have to be there anyway but it was that it was that post credit scene and if you remember there's a frost beast hopping through uh, the like, city. Yeah, he's a lot. It was it was the frost beast that came over when they were going through the portals, and um, he ate some of the dark elves. And when um, yeah, yeah, Kat, uh, Darcy was like being threatened, and he came through the portal and ate some of those, and came onto the Earth realm, and didn't get a chance to get back before the portal closed. And so it closed out with him having fun with like some birds or something in the in the post credits. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I think I snoozed for about 30 seconds with that damn thing. Oh, but, I mean, so there, there's where the tie-ins come from. But what I was going to say to is, David, and I give the effects people a lot of credit and the, and the writers and directors, when he Gravik uses that ability, you actually see his arm kind of go tree. You oh, see yeah, a little yeah. leaves floating coming out and stuff like that. So I, I like that they gave it that added touch and just not, oh, he's stretchy. 
it's okay. He's actually brooding here a little bit as well. So I, I think that well, was a nice little touch. Well, they look, they have to tweak it a bit like they did with also tweaking, um, you know, Miss Marvel's uh, abilities because if you have anything that resembles Reed Richards, then by the time we get him, it feels diluted and unspecial. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I agree. I'm just saying I, I give him credit for doing the but actually doing more. you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, I agree. You can't do anything. I, I think they did it. How they're handling super the super scroll powers and where they're pulling them from is genius with, since they haven't established Fantastic Four. Absolutely. Since, since you don't want to dilute Reed's ability before Reed even gets here. Yeah. But, I mean... Technically, we did have one, but uh, Wanda yeah. in eight three eight turned him into spaghetti. Yeah, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying though, is just uh, the credit. They could have just went with a stretchy effect, and it, right. it, 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 we still got. But to have it be where it's, it's turning into tree type limbs and stuff like that, that that's just that's it's those little things that are genius. Yeah, yeah. Good. By the way, good luck with future MCU shows helping to see effects like that because given certain things going on right now as of this recording, I don't think we're going to be seeing effects work like that. Well, I think we will, but just not as often. And yeah, I, I think there's a difference. Not as often as there's been, Kyle. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, and I've re- you and I have read enough tea leaves in the last 24 hours yeah. To know but, that that's probably going to change a lot. Yeah. But here, here's the here's the other other thing with this. Obviously, too, is we have Talos. He gets wounded, and then he apparently apparently gets killed by Gravik in this episode. Well, but don't gloss over what he's doing. Oh no, he's trying to free the president. Yeah. And Fury gets the president, loads him up into his supercar. I I do love the the sort of dual you know, um, half transformation, half still human. Yeah, a good, another good effect there. Yeah. But the, the other, but there's a couple aspects here. Obviously, Gravik looks like he's killed Talos, and this could, this could be one that sticks. There's not a lot of death that has stuck in this show. This might be the one that sticks. Well, unless, unless they redo, unless they totally undo it all together, but you know what? If if this were Agents of Shield, uh, that's exactly what they would have done. Yeah. So, what the other interesting aspect of it, and then this is kind of going back to Fury, kind of turning into a little bit of old school Fury, is how he stops for a minute, and then leaves Gravik, uh, leaves Talos's body on the battlefield. Right. To get the president out because he's got to do the mission. Yeah. And we 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 see. Gravik's troops have to retreat their plan foiled again, and the, so that that's how the episode kind of ends out. So the, I, I'm... the only reason I say they could undo it is keep in mind that we we see another shot in the promo where it's Gaia over Telos's body. Well, and that could be next episode. Yeah. Well, easily... not not could it would have to. They yeah. only have. Two more to do anything, right. rel- anything important. But th- th- for me, this episode, this is my favorite. I got. I'm gonna be honest. This is my the fourth episode was my favorite episode of the series so far. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to say it's. It, it was a good, solid episode. 
but well okay so no no I... no no mm-hmm. wait it was a good solid episode but you needed you needed about 15 20 more okay. minutes for a ending okay that so... wasn't an ending that okay, was so... that was essentially the ending of a middle act Okay, so so let me stop you there because the, I was I, I was heading to this was going to be my point on this. Okay, go ahead. Here's where I'm a little frustrated because what right. should have happened is that episodes three and four should have been combined into one episode. I agree. Yes. And if that and if that would have been how episode if that combined episode ended like that, I would have been much more satisfied. I agree. I absolutely right. agree. And that would have given them room to do another episode to have some more time to flesh some things out. Right. I absolutely that... agree. And so, the problem with with you know it be this being a six episode thing as opposed to say uh, an eight or nine episode thing is you have so much to flush out in the Secret Invasion storyline alone. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking, you know, comic-wise, because comic-wise would have required a bigger canvas, which uh, Disney Plus, it really hasn't earned that right yet, okay? However, it, uh, it, especially where the MCU is concerned, it hasn't earned that right yet. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you really need more than six goddamn episodes to tell this. Well, and I, I agree, but I, I, before I go, I, I'm leaning with you on that because this feels like I don't, it feels like it's a problem with a lot of, not just Marvel, with a lot of these series now because they're going to these shorter series number formats. Right, yeah, yeah. It's like, the and that, this is something I'm going to call out the writers on. I don't think writers, at least U.S. writers, I, overseas writers are a little bit more used to that kind of style. I don't yeah. think they fully adapted to these shorter TV seasons. Well, we've discussed that on the number yeah. of shows. Um, you know, our our Phantom Awakens radio yeah. uh, show in particular. Yeah. So that that being said, I'm, I'm, before before I'm going to just throw a complete judgment on what what they've written, I'm going to see what they do with these last two episodes and see what happens with their them. Obviously, we go up off of based history. We already know. Right, yeah. This we 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 know that there's a chance there's gonna be some unsatisfying ending, but I'm gonna say this too, and I I've come to this unsatisfying piece. ending. You mean? Well, but I've come to peace with this before this show. Okay. Is that I truly do believe this show is not gonna be one of those shows that wraps up with a pretty little bow because I think there's gonna be a lot of elements that ha- and things that happen in this show that are going are being done to design to carry on to. Captain America, Brave New World, and Thunderbolts. I think. Yeah, I think you're this... right. You're right. And honestly, you know, it's funny you say that because that just taps into my frustration overall with the MCU. Literally, nothing wraps up with with the rare exception of a few things, right? Mm-hmm. Literally, nothing wraps up with a pretty little bow. Well, and that, and that, but you know, truthfully, to David... be fair, the last thing. I felt wrapped up perfectly with a pretty little bow was Black Panther Wakanda Forever. But 
but the truth of this is too, David, and very realistically, there's very few comic book issues that it's a single thing and it wraps up with a pretty little bow. Yeah, but you're, uh, you know, you're talking a different medium. Well, no, you're, ta- you're talking a different medium, but yeah, let's not forget the whole idea of at least what they, from the st- almost from the start with Marvel was that they wanted that aspect of comic books on film. No, Kyle, I understand that, but when you're a medium that's not comic books, that argument holds very little weight. Yeah, well, but I'm just saying that, but they've always done that, and right. No, I understand that, and I'm always going to be against that because that's look, that's a comic book. Well, this is a TV show. Yeah, that is a movie. They are three very different mediums. Well, but I mean, it's one thing if you're telling it. I I think here here, here's the aspect of it, David. Right. It's one thing if you're telling it in a trilogy type thing or something like that. Yeah. But when 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 you have continuing dangling thought threads like the MCU has, plot it, threads. Right. So let me let me. So it worked once with the whole Infinity Saga, and it was a great experiment that they got lucky and it worked with. But I think yeah, by the end of the, 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 the that's debatable, but sure. You look at the. I think for the most part, you can say it, they pulled it off about as well as could be expected. The, the problem the problem is, though, when that was done, people were done with that concept. Now, if they wanted to go back, if you wanted to say, okay, well, we're doing a sequel, we're doing a trilogy with this, or there's going to be a sequel, so you want, you're going to have dangling plot threads, it's like that. It's going to be like that. And I think what we have, the problem what we have here is you're trying to com- combine TV with movies with a lot of other things and not and this is where I come back to the aspect of this being kind of like a bridge show is that this is, this is the problem that I think people are getting burned out on is that everything doesn't need to be interconnected. No, I've been saying that forever. I mean, look, studios have to realize, I mean, they, they have to realize a hell of a lot right now, but that's a matter that neither you nor I are, are smart enough to get into it. Right. But they have to realize something. Not everyone gives a flying piss shit about shared universes. Guess what? If fans wanted things to work out and connect, I got news for you. Come here. Big secret. They do it themselves. Well, and, and th- I think there's nothing wrong with having little moments that make make you realize, oh yeah, they're all in the same universe. But when you start taking key plot points and making it to where it's a requirement to understand what's going on, you have to have watched this, this, or this, then then you're having problems. Right, because you're going to find that as the MCU is learning, your, uh, your I hate to use this word because it really doesn't exist for most people, well, especially for me, but fatigue, your fatigue starts to materialize well and that and that comes back to something i've i've believed in for a long time with these big with these big franchises and that applies to other big franchises not just marvel but you have you have different kind you have different levels of fans you have the the diehard fans people like us who are invest fully invested in everything that's going on yes you have the diehard fans you have the fanatics you have the 
find the fawning Feige freaks, yeah. which uh, well, are a very concerning breed. And you, you have all, the casual moviegoer. And that's where the problem lies. Is the, As much as there are us fanatics out there, the casual moviegoers still outnumber us. And they always will. Right. So right. you... You I, and I, no, 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 no. This is a great point you brought up, and I'll, and I'm going to elaborate on it. What hardcore fans, fanatics, or diehards do not realize is the casual fan, regardless of your franchise of choice, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, what have you. The casual audience is always going to win because the diehards and the comic book fans especially are not that big of a scale audience. It's right. a very small niche. But again, and I think this is something that's happening with all a lot of these big franchises that are doing things that connect, is right. that they're writing for the hardcore fans and they're not considering the casual viewers. No, they're not. And they're going to find out that that originally get, that intention, while good and and maybe tickles the ivories and tickles the taint of hardcore fans, doesn't work. You're going to end up with diminishing returns. Well, and regardless and, of what your franchise is, and you, and you also add into the fact that people only have so much bandwidth in their entertainment thing and not there's a lot of people out there who who enjoy aspects of the MCU but they don't want to commit fully to the MCU because they want to have time for other things that are that are of their interest too and did what they're you, designing did you just no no I have to ask did you just compare their attention span to bandwidth as a as a computer term yes exactly <laughs> oh because you all you, you, Bravo, sir. Bravo. You only have so much bandwidth to give give to things, and here here's here's the other issue. Uh huh. We are oversaturated. Honestly, right now, before what's about to happen with other things, which I'm not going to go into here. We no, no, not we, about we enough won't go into those. Today. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's above our to, grade. To this point. I truly believe we are at a point of oversaturation of content across well, the board. There's too much of things. Well, I would argue the MCU especially was there even before Disney bought it. Well, I, I wouldn't. I don't necessarily fully agree with you there, but when I when I, when I say that really because of because Avengers felt like you crammed nine movies into one I, I but I, I think it I think it, for me personally it worked it, it's something I never thought I'd see on screen anyway and it's something I, I never thought I'd see but it felt like a full fucking meal well but that was what it was designed to be but neither here, here, here neither here nor there but but the problem is is that because we have so many ways now whether it be movies, podcasts, streaming, regular television, right, um, comic books, there's so many different media things out there that are taking up our time. Time to commit to one thing completely, fully, and completely delve into it 
it, it's like anymore they're doing these things so you if you don't completely delve into it you're going to get lost real quick and for those people who like to have varied interests you're not writing or creating for people who have varied interests you're writing and creating for people who, you're rewarding the people who have dove into everything completely but you that's a small group compared to the people who are trying to have varied interests yeah no see i can definitely agree with that and i think i think i think that is a fault that has happened in a lot of things in our modern day entertainment i i i will just double down and say right mm-hmm uh, that is more of an industry killer than uh, the industry's greed or hubris, as we've seen lately. But and, and like I said, that could, I, I'm not just focusing on a movie, movie or TV. This applies to video games. This applies to no, streaming. No, but but that statement applies to the whole spectrum of things. Yeah, right. Again, and we're I, staying I, focused on one particular thing. Oh, yeah. Right now. For this podcast, we're talking about that. But I, yeah. I'm saying it's reflective of, even though we're on, we're, this is a Marvel podcast, it's what's happening with Marvel is reflective of a lot of other things that are happening, too. So No, I, I don't disagree with any particular point. Yeah. So th- that's my point there. But when I come back to this series, it's, I'm not going to say it's a terrible series because it's not. No, it's not. But it's, it's, actually, a, it's actually better than I thought it would be. Yeah. But it's a it's a series that's designed to appeal to the hardcore MCU fan, not somebody who's trying to be the casual fan. Right. And, no. The, I mean, that title, I would say, still belongs to Captain America the Winter Soldier. Well, and, but, but because, in my, in my me, opinion, it's one of the best movies me, Marvel's Winter done. Soldier felt more like... Um, a Tom Clancy movie. Yeah. So, but but here's here's ironically, the thing. Winter Soldier was better than some Tom Clancy adaptations. Right. I'm looking at you, some of all fears. But here here here's the other thing, and I think sometimes I'm wondering if they don't write these things intentionally like this. Yeah. Where the hope is is that okay, we got some storyline plots that are going to go to this next film. People are going to go to the next film and say, I really like this, but I'd like to know more what's going on. So now they're going to come back and watch Secret Invasion. Yeah. And I almost feel like they're not, they're writing things with that thought process in mind. They are. And I'm going to, and, and, and that dovetails into some earlier points I was making. The fact of the matter is, and Kyle, you and I are, you know, me a bit more blind or free. Thank you very much, Kyle. But you and I are a bit more intelligent to know than, say, some of the average fans out there that that's not going to happen. Disney is banking a lot on that happening. That's just not happening. Well, and the, and the problem, and the, you know, and, 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 the, and this goes back to, David, this isn't a centralized problem with just the MCU, it's happening with too many things. Right, right. But again, okay. keeping it focused. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That we, is we are... not this whole this entire game of goddamn leapfrog Disney has turned the MCU into is well, backfiring but... on them drastically. And I think Iger's statements that he made today upon this recording are reflective of that. 
Yeah, but I, I. But what I'm saying is too, and I'm not. I'm not trying to defend here. But what I'm saying is too. No, is no, that, no. I'm not saying you are. What I'm saying is too, though. This is a. This is a Hollywood problem because the minute they get any kind of popular IP, oh, all of a sudden I, I know it's a Hollywood problem, but this is not a you know Hollywood in general sort of podcast. Yeah. Yeah, but what, 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 I, I agree. I'm focusing on the Marvel aspect, but what I'm just saying is, is that it's frustrating because I see it happening with so many other things. Uh, just one outside example I want to throw out there is take that show Yellowstone, incredibly popular, but now all of a sudden we've got like multiple spinoff series. Oh, the Ty Sheridan Empire. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I'm like, again, when are you going to? Do too much to, and you're gonna burn people out. I, I see what you mean, but bring it back in, Kyle. Bring it back in. Well, yeah, no, and Marvel, Marvel's doing the same thing. There's, there's right, no, and that's no what we're about. talking about. We're not talking about you know other brands having the same issue. Right, but I what again? My 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 point is is that all I'm saying is is that it's reflect it it's reflecting something that's going on across the board i think i think I'll, I'll be honest when i say this i think right now marvel is probably the prime example of it there's things that are Mar marvel is the biggest criminal of it well but marvel is also the biggest of it period <laughs> i mean it's, it's the size of it and well, that's they're the biggest yeah. criminal of it yeah but right. i mean yeah but i mean ultimately and this is this is the other aspect of it that i think is rough in, the, in this aspect, and I think this is even, I think this has been even more so of a problem in this last, from about a quarter of the way into Phase Four to now. Yeah, is that this this whole idea of it's so interconnected, and I think, I think part of the issue, and it goes back to what Iger said today. They put they put too much content out between the movies and Disney Plus. Uh -huh. And yeah. where where I think the original idea that Iger had for Disney Plus, okay, we will have the occasional Marvel show to s supplement. But what ended up happening with Chapek is he started greenlighting all these other things because I want content, I want content, I want content. Well, it was a combination that happened with Chapek and a few other things that made their miserable Planet World tour. So, and so let's I think... not let's not forget that there were two, you know, shitty circumstances going around. One just happened to me named Bob. So, I I think I think. I, I think this, David. I, 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 this will be the bottom line I have on this discussion right, going yeah. forward until we know more after, a few months down the road. But I really, really think when when it's all said and done, right now where the MCU is at, that when they release their final product that is complete, which is Echo, which they are releasing the whole thing all at once, and I think there's a, I think that's I think that's an Iger decision. I think that's ultimately an Iger decision. Yeah, it probably is. It smells like an Iger decision. Actually, anything from Echo forward sounds like an Iger decision. Secret Invasion might as well mark the end of the JPEG decisions, which were just. Uh, no, no, I, I, I think I think Echo, I think Echo the show itself still reflects JPEG, but 
but the fact that it's becoming the first thing that Disney was releasing everything on the same day, that's an eager decision because he's he's going to use that as the breaking point of okay, this is where I'm re- we're resetting the MCU board, and we're going to put more focus on quality instead of quantity. So you're thinking the opposite of what I just said. Yeah, I I, I think the idea is is he's basically at this point. Let's just clear what's what's done has been done. Let's clear the board of it. Let's get it out. Let's get it out there. Let's clear it. I think. I think one. I think Echo is probably not going to be. Real. I, I have very little faith in Echo. Yeah, it, it. I have. Look, I. I want to see it, right? No, I'll watch it. Don't get me wrong. But, I will watch no, it. No, 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 no. I'm not saying neither you nor I will, because we'll end up doing the show on it. Well, I'll watch but, it just for the Daredevil aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what, that's what I mean, though. I, I also feel a bit bad for the actress, mm-hmm. because everything else they're pouring in, yeah, no one's going to give a shit about that go. Yeah. So, well, and I'm sorry. As far as, and I know everybody loves bringing up this term. I think, I think it's not a bad thing because it's just a reflection of how we actually live. So get over yourselves, people. Well, but as far I, as the reputation, or mm-hmm. representing goes, right? Yep. That whole idea. Yeah, you're you're not exactly putting. Uh, someone of that deaf community on a platform and pedestal when all you're doing is doing the Trojan horse effect. Well, and I agree with you, and in fact, I'm going to say it. And you you see what I mean, though? Yeah, but I, I, and if people get mad at me for what I'm about to say, I apologize. But this no, is go ahead. That's fine. And I, and I don't think it is fair to the people who worked on Echo. Yeah. But I think Echo was chosen to do a show not because... The character was popular because Echo is not a well-known, popular character. No, it wasn't. Echo was cho- chosen for representation reasons. Yeah, 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 purely. And it was done at a time when we were really, really focused on giving representation to every, as much as we can possible. And there's nothing wrong with giving representation, but don't put something out that doesn't fit creatively just because you're trying to get representation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Put out something quality that gives representation. Don't just put something out just to get representation. Right. And, and especially when what you're doing is essentially, it's, it's almost like, okay, I'm going to use a term that I really, really wish Star Wars hadn't used. You know how they call it uh, Book of Boba Fett Mandalorian 2.5? Mm-hmm. Well, Echo almost feels like a 2.1 2. or a 1.5 prequel to Daredevil Born Again. Well, that, that, that's what Echo feels like to me. It's, it's going to be a prequel to Born Again. Yeah, basically. I mean, that's why I think it was chosen. And that's why I feel bad for a Lockwood Cox. Yeah, because I really liked her in Hawkeye. Yeah, I think she, she was, was a great fantastic character. Fantastic in Hawkeye. I think she was a great character, and she was fantastic in Hawkeye. But I don't think that's a character. Not 
her, the actress, but the character itself is not a character that can carry its own show. Right, right. Uh, so, and that's, uh, that's when I think the the Trojan horse effect started to take effect. I mean, where it's basically dogpiling this show. You have no faith in whatsoever. That, well, David, I'm going to be honest with you. Right now, there's only one movie with a number in it that I care about, and that number is minus one. Oh. Okay. All right. I'll admit. I'll, did you see the post I put up for you and Kevin? Yeah, I know. I, I am very, very happy that it's getting a U.S. release. I did that for both of you guys. Yeah. No. All um, right. So you're I, I'm welcome. A, I'm a fan of the big green guy, so... Yeah, I want to see. I want to see a Godzilla that doesn't look like the bastardized American version. Like he's got thick thighs. Yeah, but I, I have to admit, I enjoy the Godzilla American. Oh, I, I enjoy him too. But for some reason, uh, Godzilla lately, mm-hmm. right, has looked like he hasn't gone to the gym lately. Yeah. Well, and for all of you guys saying, why are you talking about Godzilla on a Marvel podcast? But for those of you who may not remember or be too young, Godzilla used to the Godzilla comic used to be done by Marvel Comics back in the late seventies and early eighties. Oh, no one's gonna remember that at all. Godzilla, Godzilla is officially at one point Marvel Universe canon. Oh God! Oh God! Here comes some weird multiverse angle with Godzilla. Stop it! Stop it! My brain. You broke me, goddamn you. All, all, all I'm going to say, David, as we get ready to wrap things up here. Yes. That's going to be one damn big scroll. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Graphic would have to take a lot of extremists to take on that mother. That is what we, that is what we call a super duper scroll. <laughs> that is what we call a scroll on steroids. Human growth hormone steroids and a few other alien concoctions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Before I get weird images in my head, let's wrap this shit up. <laughs> God damn it, Kyle. Uh, uh, all right. Well, gang, now, re- now bring us to the end of this episode of uh, Just Call Me Fury Secret Invasion Classified. Uh, we will be back in uh, two weeks doing episodes five and six yeah somehow we're at the end already but doing episodes five and six and talking the series overall that should be a a really interesting discussion i'll have to listen to uh robin sparkles let's go to the mall just to make my emotions settle down why damn it why well, think of it this way. Once we're done with this, there's only three Marvel things left for the year. Okay. okay. We've, got, we've got Loki, we've got the Marvels, and we've got Echo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, think, I think certain reshoots with Loki may address a major issue that I'm wondering. Is the MCU going to stick with this guy? I, I, th- I think it's a major thing to find out. I would say you're majorly right. God damn it! <sighs> Too many majors. Too many jokes. Oh, but no. So uh, until then, I am your host, David Simmons. So for me and my co-host, 
Kyle Wagner, we'll just end by saying this. Trust no one. Thanks for listening to Just Call Me Fury, Secret Invasion Classified. Fury. Since you've been gone. Covering the MCU series, Secret Invasion. Things have gotten much worse. Streaming exclusively on Disney+. Plus. All Things MCU Marvel is a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. You're in no shape for this fight that lies before us, old friend. This podcast is meant for informational purposes only. All rights reserved. This is personal. Very few of us know about the wars fought in the shadows that have raged on this planet. Do you feel responsible? And no infringement intended. Where are the Avengers? This war is one I have to fight. Alone. Wanted man on the planet. You don't know what they have planned for you. The Great Nick Fury. One last.